Hey everyone, welcome to the Water Lad Podcast. I'm your host, James Marshall, and today we have the most requested guest since the launch. So once I launched the podcast, I've had pretty much every person message me, when is Mike the Roman Coman coming on the podcast? And today is that special day. So I haven't rolled the intro, but here is the song that reminds everybody of Mike the Roman Coman. So what I'm drunk, it's the freaking weekend, baby, I'm about to have me some fun. Bounce, 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 Jimmy Marshall, thanks for having me on. That is one of my favourite songs, actually. I remember teaching Julian Savi a few moves to that <laughs> song, actually, at Hurricanes Training Base one day. I remember you having to remember at London Irish on your first away trip, you had to get up the front of the bus and sing a song. And, <laughs> and for some reason, you chose that song. And I remember you learning the song on the, on the bus trip until you were called up. And then you, you were going actually quite good until it got to that bit where it goes bounce, bounce. <laughs> and then you couldn't remember anything else, so you bounced for maybe 45 <laughs> seconds and you ended up having to run the gauntlet. So It was a classic James Marshall <laughs> stitch up just telling me I've nailed the song. I was sitting on the bus quite nervous. And I, I've gone in there quite hot and it's gone well until the bounce, bounce part. Yeah, correct. yeah well, you had nailed it up until that bounce bit and then you probably should have done a bit more research on the song and gone past the just the chorus but that was good times how was that did that hurt the paddling yeah well, i can't actually or <coughs> yeah there was probably yeah there's a few boys that really wanted to get a good shot in <laughs> on the docks ammar so uh no but i can't i don't think there was too many welts after it no you had a massive back so it would have been a big target and um Anyway, let's go back to the start. How, how did it all start for Mike Coman? Um, well, as you know, born and raised in Nelson. Uh, quite a fat kid. Oh, yeah. <laughs> liked my food, liked custard squares a lot. Mm. Um, but managed to sort of, I got taller, which stretched probably the fat out. What age did you get stuck into the custard squares? I was running a fairly sloppy carcass up until <laughs> probably third form. I remember just having a big growth spurt and I... My mates used to give me a lot of shit about being fat, and then all of a sudden it sort of stops. I realised I must have got a bit taller, <laughs> which was happy days. How many custard squares were you eating? Like, well, this, yeah, the trips to Christchurch were a big oh. <laughs> testing time for the family, I think. We'd, we'd hit Murchison, and, I'd, and I actually got car sick as well, so, but I'd demand a milkshake and a custard square. <laughs> the old man used to flip out because he knew, obviously, milk with a guy that gets car sick is eventually <laughs> going to come up, so... And then we'd usually probably you'd have your custard square and milkshake and Murchison, and then you'd probably get another, I think it's two and a half hours to Springs Junction, that'd be about right. Roughly, yeah. And then I'd, there'd just be an absolute meltdown if we didn't stop again <laughs> for another treat. <laughs> another custard square. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you did love them. But I think, uh, yeah, it got mm. to the point where mum and dad actually started sort of really, they used to encourage me to go running a lot, which I thought was quite weird. <laughs> <laughs> I've, quick, I've now learned it was because they were probably quite worried about how fat I was. What age was this? So they were probably encouraged. I remember mum trying to make me go out for runs when I was probably 12, 11, 12. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so ju an intermediate stage is yeah, probably yeah. peak fatness. So what's that, 11 to 13 maybe? Yeah. Yeah. So. And you were playing rugby then? Yeah, so I was playing rugby then. Um, I always played rugby. I think I played rugby from when I was six, started at Weimar Old Boys Club. Yeah. Um, and then... Uh, I actually, this would probably blow people's minds, especially people that played with me in the latter parts of my career. Um, but I actually used to start <laughs> playing as a second five up until... Did you? Which people would probably find that unbelievable. <laughs> but you were quite fat too, so... Well, yeah, just crash ball specialist. Oh, but there yeah. wasn't really positions when I was at... My positions didn't really start until... Well, you know, well, they started early, but you know, it was like bees around a honeypot when you're younger. Yeah, yeah. And then you just claimed you were a second five. <laughs> no, it was a second five. <laughs> so, so, yeah. Give it to the second five. Yeah, I just, it was just a one-two cut. That was this everything. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. Like I was, yeah, weighty and could just run a, a good T-bone line. Yeah. Um, and then I eventually um, got moved out of second five when I was sixth form. Yeah. So I played my first two years at first dean at second five. Did you? Yeah. So, so I don't know that. Um, I actually, it was actually like a, 
an epiphany, like, is it epiphany when I realise we're playing cross with boys high? Yeah, thanks. Is it? I hope it works <laughs> in this sentence. Blair Cowan will <laughs> tell me if it's going to work. Um, we were playing Christchurch Boys High at Wyoming College. I still remember it. Like, yeah. And uh, Tim Bateman was at centre. Yeah. And I was at second five. So general rule of thumb is you'd you'd take care out. You defence wise, you'd be trying to tackle with centre a lot of the time. Would that yeah, be right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling the story. Anyway, and uh, he ran it straight once, and I caught him quite clean. I thought, this is all right. Like, yeah. this guy's not that good. And yeah. then he's obviously had a moment like, this guy's quite big, possibly <laughs> carrying a bit of extra weight. It's a, why am I running at him? I'll just I'll see what his pace is like. And yeah. he quickly found out I had pretty limited <laughs> pace. And every time he got the ball, he was just bouncing out and just going around me all day. And oh. I, think the old, I think the old man brought up, he's like, oh... Would you like it in the? Would you like to play in the fours? <laughs> She'd just been stripped about six times, and then, and then they started using me as a one-two decoy. So I was just never getting the ball and getting beaten. In. True. I always thought you were straight out and out number eight. No. Nah, so yeah. So first two years, I, I loved it actually. With fourth and fifth one, was it was good times playing first fifteen. We used to get pumped all the time. <laughs> yeah. It was a. Uh, I was a young fella. But I had my older brother playing. Yeah. Um, so he sort of looked after you because you was 14 or whatever and you're playing some older big boys. Did he have a reckless regard for his own body? <laughs> he tell, he'll tell you he certainly did have a reckless <laughs> regard for his own body. Um, but he was good. He was he looked after me through school um, when I was fishing those first couple of years. Um, yeah. And then, yes, I made a move into number eight at sixth form. Had two years there. So my earliest remem- memory of you was coming down to watch the first... Nelson College First 15 play Wymere College First 15 and it was a pre-season game and you were obviously, you'd just moved to number eight obviously and I remember looking at you thinking, holy heck, this guy is massive. You had a, like a you had stubble, you had hair popping at your chest. I was like, how's he in First 15? And then I looked down at my body thinking, geez, if I want to play this next year, I've got a fair bit of work to do because I'll be having to might have to tackle him, so... There's a lot of salt and pepper on that story. I'm not <laughs> sure there was chest here popping out. There was definitely a lot of chest here. <laughs> but, yeah, I did... Yeah, I was looking quite old from a young age. <laughs> and uh, I, I always thought I was a big kid, and it was quite good at school, because you were, like I said, you were yeah. carrying a few more kgs than the other kids, which made your life a bit easier. But then we went up to one of those northern region tournaments, and... My goodness, I quickly realised I wasn't that big. <laughs> Had some fairly big boys coming down your channel or wanting to stop you, so I wasn't as keen to run that T-bone line <laughs> when I was up north. But you've, you've always been a collision winner, and did, <laughs> did that start at a young age? Because I remember like at London Irish, you, I think you were voted the number one collision winner in the premiership, premiership when you're playing. So, so was yeah, that you've just made that award up. <laughs> I'll take that. Uh, I was I, I did always enjoy without all jokes. I did always enjoy the contact side of it, and I yeah. fully realised uh, some things I was good at and some things I wasn't good at, and probably having to be aggressive was probably because I didn't have naturally good footwork, or yeah. um, so I had to sort of learn to enjoy that side of it and it helped me moving to number eight I think the more I was involved the, the happier I was and like you get your hands on the ball easier and yeah. um, but no I never received <laughs> the London Irish best collision <laughs> you've just said no, it was premiership how long did it take you to make the Canterbury item cup team a long time so but I basically so yeah it must have been 18 or 19 when I moved there then I played Colts and then um, playing Canterbury under 19s and I played Canterbury under 21s. Yeah. And then actually on the last, um, my last game of the year for Canterbury under 21s, I shattered my kneecap. Oh, true. So then I had to, it was, which was quite, there hadn't been a lot of, a lot of people hadn't seen that injury, so it was sort of a bit unknown when I got it fixed up. How'd you do it? It was just like a bit of a freak. It was playing Auckland and I remember just a guy, his knee has just hit my knee at a certain angle and it's oh, just yeah, shattered the kneecap. So apparently it's sort of one of those things, if you hit it at the right angle, it can happen if you tripped up and landed on a curb edge or something like that. Oh, it's right. sort of so and, I'd, and I basically just, because I wasn't professional or getting well looked after, I remember just getting a general surgeon that fixed it. And I don't know how good a job <laughs> it was done because I certainly had a lot of issues with it moving <laughs> forward. Um, but anyway, 
uh, that kept me out of rugby for probably a year. So that was a year gone. And then by the time I was ready to play again, I um, it was the end of the club season, so it was it was going into off season. So yeah. I really wanted to play. So I jacked up through just inside running. I think it was at the time. Oh yeah. I just went on a um, like a four 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 month contract to this to Canterbury in the UK. A bit confusing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to Canterbury in the UK, um, and I played in national. To South, which was great times for three months or so three or four months, so I went over to England and played um, for this club. They're good people, still keep in contact with them to this day. Um, so it was good fun. And then, and then anyway, eventually I had three months in and came back and played a club season in Christchurch. And then I got a chance with Canterbury that year, so I think it might have been 2008. With a pretty stacked team. Yeah, it was a good team at the time, yeah. But I was only getting a chance because... There was injury, so I think Nussie was so Kieran Reed was in the squad but wasn't playing much. Yeah, and Nussie was the next number eight. Yeah, um, and then George Whitelock was there who could cover a bit as yeah. well. But then Nussie got injured, and I got a chance, and I probably got maybe four or f- five games for them. Yeah, which they they went well, and it gave me a sniff, and it gave me just like a, a realization. Like I must have been twenty two at that point. And I was like, I need to play now. Like I need to. I'm ready to give us a crack I can't yeah. just keep floating around playing club rugby or I need to go get a job and do something else and um, so from there I got I did get offered a ca- contract with Canterbury after that those few games but it wasn't great yeah <laughs> it was sort of one of its PUD contracts and I was sort of like and then I had a, um, a chance to go to Hawke's Bay um, through a contact so so my New Zealand schools coach was now coaching Hawke's Bay oh, yeah. so he uh, there was a chance to go there and then there was also, as you know, the, the tough decision. I talked to Tasman. Tasman had formed and they were um, improving all the time and mm. I had to, had to make a decision between those three and ended up going with Hawke's Bay with, with the main reason of being pretty much um, guaranteed game time, really, guaranteed yeah. a start, which is what I really wanted. I didn't want to go somewhere and be th- behind three people. Yeah. I remember how gutted Tasman were when they didn't manage to get your signature and... <laughs> It's a oh. bit of a kick in the gut to the region. <laughs> you've just, I don't think that's quite true, but you'd uh, you'd Mark Bright there, who was awesome. He was playing well for you guys. Yeah. Um, you, I don't know if you we you, you might have been involved with Tasman by then. Yeah. 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 So I was looking forward to playing with you, but obviously <laughs> it didn't quite happen. So yeah. So there was a chance, and the way I looked at it, Jimmy was I had like Nelson was home, and it always has been home, but I just. Uh, we had a family business there. My dad had started a construction company there that had been going for a long time. My brother worked there. and um, I just figured it was a good way to... If I moved back there and it didn't pan out or whatever, you could you could easily stay there and probably not leave. Mm. Um, and I, the, the appeal of moving away to Hawke's Bay and I was... And I and there was there's nothing wrong with this because he was, he was a far more... Um, he was more established than I was. Brighty was there, so they couldn't guarantee me game time, which was fine. I would have been happy to sit behind Brighty, but it was probably yeah. I couldn't even get guaranteed you'd be the next backup, which was probably quite hard. To, I was like, well, I need to. I can't be sitting behind two or three people. So yeah. I made the decision, which was tough to, because like I said, Nelson was home to go to Hawks Bay. But um, looking back, I wouldn't wouldn't change it at all. I got yeah. I got a lot of time game time in Hawks Bay and had good times and met a lot of good people. You became captain pretty quickly up there too, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, well, it was happen- It did happen quite fast. It was a good. I had a, my first year up there went quite well, and um, I managed to, which is like key to most, to get finding a bit of form. I didn't get injured, which meant that you managed to play pretty much every game in that first year up there. Yeah, um, which was good, and um, I think Jason Schumacher was captain at the time, and he was um, moving overseas, oh, yeah. and then. I got I got offered the job and I was like felt a little bit uncomfortable because I hadn't been there long and there were some really established guys there like Carl Lowe. <laughs> you can't have him captaining your team, though, can you? Then I had Chris Eaton. Oh god, yeah, yeah so some couple of real good options for them. So <laughs> no, so I did. On a serious note, I ran it by those guys and said, "What do you think? Like, I don't want to step on anyone's toes here. I know I'm just new to the region, um, and." As long as I had their support, I was willing to do it, and they, yeah. so they helped me out through that period. But uh, it was good. Like I said, it was good times up there. <laughs> Met some good boys. Um, 
yeah, it was a good period of my career. And then how far, how long did it take you to make the hurricane set up? Because from memory, it was pretty quick as well. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it did happen. So we had, I had one year in Hawke's Bay, and then um, I was pretty, I was hopeful I'd get something. And um, I managed, I, I only managed to get a wider training spot with the Hurricanes. But at that time, I was young, and I was like, this is just another step closer to yeah. playing Super Rugby, which is what I wanted to do, and which was which was good. So I made the move down there. It was pretty cool that first year. We uh were we living? Was it the first year we were living together? Yeah, the wider squad year. So we only just did the pre-season, yeah, and then we get got sent home back in those days. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> so we, so it was like it was, it was a good experience. I got there, and Rodney Sawiala was still there. So like that was a guy you, yeah, looked up to when you watched play heats of international rugby. So it was pretty cool to learn off him in that first year. But he was struggling with his body yeah so um i actually spent a fair bit of time down there in that fish i ended up moving down there full time because of rodney's injuries yeah um <coughs> but yeah it was a certain certainly experience having to live with you james <laughs> um a lot of noodle canteen was eaten by jimmy for any of you listeners out there who loves a bit of noodle canteen the good old nazi goreen but i think, I think it was more mainly because it was about five dollars for a feed <laughs> runs a tight ship <laughs> Did my dinner and lunch the next day. <laughs> but I remember um, us having to cook because obviously <laughs> we're both, I don't know, We I hadn't been out of home for too long either and we'd go alternate nights mm. and your first meal you cooked a prawn pasta <laughs> and I remember it was actually really nice. <laughs> I think I said to you, I was like, oh, that was, that was a nice dish but... Then every time it was your turn to cook, we ended up you'd end up cooking the prawn pasta again, and I was like, "Oh God, how do I tell him that I liked it, but I don't, I don't want to eat it every night, every second night, getting the prawn pasta." And, well, I would probably rather at least you were getting something good out of the prawn pasta. I remember you had your little sushi making kit, the and, cleanup. My goodness, yeah, because you had to do someone's dishes afterwards. So. Yeah. Jimmy would make this little sushi dish, and oh, it was pretty much a roll of rice. He'd, maybe because chicken was, he was there wasn't a lot of chicken in it. I just, I just had white rice with some seaweed marginally wrapped around it because the, the sushi maker wasn't working too well. <laughs> then I, we, then we just, just remember go, you complaining about the cleanup, like there'd be sticky rice everywhere, like on the walls <laughs> and the roof. It'd take you like two hours to clean up. And then you just go straight on to Major League Baseball on PlayStation. Yeah, we played a lot of Major League Baseball. And often when I went to bed, which was usually earlier than you, I'd, you'd be down there playing some Nude Connect. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure what game you played on that, but it <laughs> something weird. <laughs> uh. So the Hurricanes, how long was it before you had your first cap? Quite a while, so it was <laughs> quite a while. This is really, really opening up old wounds, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, without boring you too much. The first year was awesome, mate. Like learning experience, train. Like met, we had a good group of boys, didn't we, down there? And like the, everyone was, it was a good team environment. And, yeah, uh, I was happy there, just biding my time, thinking eventually I'll I'll get a chance. And I don't think the season went too well. Yeah. So I was like, oh, they might even give me a token game here because. It wasn't a lot to play for. Yeah. I'd been down there training most of the year, but um, it never quite came that first year. So I don't think I, I don't didn't play the first year. I don't think. Um, so that was all right. And just apart from all the questions about when you're going to play, and <laughs> are you involved in the Hurricanes? You're like, yeah, I am. Honestly, I'm wearing my kit full time everywhere. Come you to, definitely were wearing Nelson your full kit. Full tracksuit on the main street. <laughs> <laughs> We'd think we'd meet up for a coffee, and Nelson, and <laughs> you were definitely in either full kit or at least Taranaki. Oh no, you were still at Tasman at that point. Yeah. No, I had to move oh, to yeah. Taranaki because right. um, to get the wider squad. <laughs> so. Things you do for the wider training group. <laughs> yeah. And then, so then I went back and played another year at Hawks Bay, um, and then thinking, oh, surely get might give a sniff in here, and then yeah, no, <laughs> back back down for. A wider spot, and then which was fine again because it's sort of one of those things. They were encouraging. They were, they were you were getting more benefits being in a wider squad, and there was actually chance of playing in that second year. I think more yeah. they could use you more. I think you stayed the whole year, no matter yeah, what. That's yeah. right. Yeah, so that was sort of another step closer, really. And then and and also like I wasn't 
the guys in front of me I had no issue with. Like the elite, I mean, don't get me wrong, you're competitive, but there was Victor was there, you yeah. had Fafeli there, you had Brad Shields who was coming through, who was, who was awesome, and then you had Artie as well. So I just sort of, I just need to, if I get a chance, just be ready for yeah. it. What was your feedback you were getting while you weren't playing? <laughs> Well, that's probably one. <laughs> I think that might have come in my third year, which really broke me. Oh, yeah. So my feedback wasn't a lot. My feedback was sort of just, just keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> so so that was, it was all happy days and back in there. And um, who was I? I think I was living with, I might have been with Colsey that year. So Colsey and Sarah put me up for a bit. So initially I started with uh, Callum Gibbons and it might have been, Oh, Lowy managed to work his way into our house. Free rent. Lowy, I think it was cheap rent, and Lowy said he was going to pay for the sky. <laughs> Lowy's one contribution was he'd uh, pay for sky for our se- for our apartment. So we're like, yep, come on in, Lowy. This is dream result. <laughs> anyway, I'm trying to watch sky one day. Lowy's shot off back to see his family in Hawke's Bay, and uh, then all of a sudden the sign just pops up on the sky, your sky counter's been shut down, please pay your bill. <laughs> and I'm just peppering Lowy with phone calls. I'm like, one job, mate. <laughs> pay, pay the bill. I think what well, sky might have been 60 bucks. I'm like, you're paying 60 bucks a month to live in Central Wellington. <laughs> pay, pay the sky bill, mate. And uh, he just screened my phone call, so he had no sky that week. And he eventually gave in. I think Tony Ward gave him a bit of grief about it and he paid up uh, for his Sky account. And then, so then once that, I can't even remember how that arrangement worked, but I just remember being in those central city apartments. Like We used to call it Sounds of the City. You'd be, try, you'd be fatigued from a, a massive, a massive priest and then the, the dump truck would just be emptying out the bins <laughs> right outside my bedroom. About four in the morning, just get woken up to the bottle to bottles smashing. <laughs> one yeah. time, one time, this is without word of a lie, Lowy found a human shit. <laughs> we left the apartment. It's just some someone, one of the someone <laughs> had a big like, night. Someone's had a big night and just decided to lay a full blown cable outside. Oh, oh god, it's <laughs> I think Lowy stood in it <laughs> in his gumboots. Lowy used to wear the, the, uh, the freezing worker gummies and he just stood right in it. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> so then after that, I was in with Colsey and Sierra, which was. Um, which was good actually in Lyle Bay. Yeah. And I was eventually, it might have been, I think it was a second year, um, I got a run out, I think, um, against Crusaders, which was awesome. And I. Um, Did you start? No. No, came off the bench. So I got, um, <coughs> I think it was 20 odd minutes, 25 minutes, because it was, it was fairly one side. I think they were doing a, they were hammering us actually. Yeah, until you came on from memory of it. <laughs> I think it was nil all for my 25 minutes, so I'll take that as a victory. But no, I was happy, and I yeah, I thought I'd given it my best shot, and uh, thought I might lead to something here. Like yeah. you sort of, you just want a chance, don't you? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. You played in a lot of development and stuff. And most, I think I still have the title of the most development games in New Zealand rugby history. Yeah, first one to 50 caps as captain. You're still on the wall in the <laughs> development room, and. Yeah, you're still a bit of a living I think legend down 27, there. 27, still developing, just <laughs> working on with always developing, eh? <laughs> and then, um, so yeah, that was the basically the one run out apart from a few of those. Remember there was that midweek break where we got some, we went to Australia. Yeah, um, played the Reds. Yeah, yeah, so there's a few bits here and there that just kept you interested. Yeah. But after that, I was sort of like... Um, Apart from the good times of living in, L- in Wellington, yeah, I was like, I need, like, I was getting a bit yeah, older by yeah. that stage, and you just want to play, don't you? Yeah. So most people, you know, everyone talks about how their story of how they made it, and everyone talks about getting that opportunity from an injury or something. And for some reason, your one just never sort of came here. And I, I guess, like, for how long you waited, it's pretty sort of unlucky that how long you waited to never get that injury or that opportunity yeah. to cement your. Sp- Spots, so. Yeah, and I think that I, Murphy's Law. I think the year I left New Zealand, if there was a flood of injuries, I think yeah, I think Victor, right. who never got injured, yeah, uh, and Fafili was pretty durable as well. Yeah, they both got injured. I think they were scrounging for. I think they were struggling <laughs> for loose balls, and I was sitting in the UK, just like, oh, 
<laughs> but it was all good. And then the, my yeah, then it was said I probably it all probably all came to a head in my third year back down there. Yeah, I was like I'm like this is I'm at the stage I'm not even um like you're certainly well and truly past the the um oh, and I'm in the setup. This is great. I was just like I just either play or tell me. I think I wanted someone to tell you. You, you crave like the honesty, eh? And like, yeah. I just keep getting feedback. Now nah, you're doing great. <laughs> the yeah. old saying, which has become a bit of a running joke. <laughs> keep doing what you're doing, Mikey. You're like, oh, okay, obviously what I'm doing is not quite good enough because I'm not getting a lot of game time here. <laughs> so, um, and it also, I think it's came to a hold in a meeting and I just said to us, I'd rather you just tell me. It was it was obvious he thought these other guys were better, but I think you almost search for that comment to say, look, you're not going to get picked. Yeah. Until unless these guys get injured, I'm never going to pick you. Yeah. Is what you almost need to hear yeah. so you can move on with something. But you just have that hope. But um, we were having some good times living on Mount Vic Hill. We we're in, <laughs> we we're in a flat with um, Carl Lowe again, Miss <laughs> Lowey, um, Frank the Tank, Lawrence Corlett, now running the TRU. <laughs> he is indeed. <laughs> so I better watch what I say now. <laughs> and Jack Lamb was in the in the top story. Um, love KFC that boy. <laughs> Frank the Tank, you, uh, he loved it that year. Eh? Some good stories about him. You got any? Yeah, I might have got my years mixed up. Might have been that. Um, but Frank, yeah, I can't remember what year, but Frank, he was great value. He was, um, he was just loving getting amongst it. He loved getting the kit on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we had a heap, a heap of fun up in that flat. And um, he used to love, he used to like cooking, eh, Frank? So he. I went from eating your sushi, <laughs> which was those tough times, just eating white rice, wondering why I was... That's how they make it in one, Japan, trust, <laughs> trust me. It's wondering why I was lacking energy in the next day because I just had white rice. Um, and then, uh, so Frank used to love bringing all these cuts of meat back from the Naki with him and he had, all, he had the mincer down there and he was oh. whipping up all these things. But Frank, once he used to he used to love making a fee, but my goodness, it was like a bomb <laughs> in the kitchen. And there was blood everywhere, these patties, he'd make sausages. And the bin, there was just like blood trickling through the kitchen floor, just like, just oblivious to it. <laughs> but they were good feeds, but then we had some good nights on the grog up there it was actually one of Sarah Pesos's old houses oh yeah yeah so it was a fairly uh dodgy yeah fairly dodgy build and some strange odors because there's you know I think there's a bit of water <laughs> leaky home and uh just with being the great setup I think somehow I was on the couch again just running a real good setup with <laughs> traveling between Hawke's Bay and Wellington <laughs> and uh what lit sleeping on the couch yeah so I would come back so like we talked about earlier it's quite amazing like what you you're playing in New Zealand's elite rugby <laughs> competition and I'm traveling back and forth from Wellington to Hawke's Bay because I was, I was having to play club rugby in Hawke's Bay <laughs> so driving back and, and every because they because I don't know what the situation was, but we couldn't, um, because I wasn't there enough, there was no point getting me a house. They wouldn't get me a house. Yeah. And um, I think Colsey might have had a kid by then. Oh, or, you yeah, know, yeah. So I was coming back and sleeping on a couch, <laughs> <laughs> training at the hurricane. It was just like pretty gritty looking back at it. But you just didn't care. It was it was good times. And he had Lowy there, with enough as famous. Power patties. <laughs> There's one time I got taken um, out diving with Lowy and um, Puri Weepu. They took me out, and, and uh, I didn't do any diving myself. I just watched them out there. It was a good day, and they got a bit of uh, kinna and <laughs> and some uh, power, and and uh, we brought it home with us. And Lowy was Lowy as I. Uh, Bro, I've got to make these mean power patties. <laughs> no, mean, you'll love them. <laughs> so I was sitting there and I was like watching Lowy. And I and I thought power patties, whenever I've had them, they've gone through a mincer, so they're like a bit <laughs> fine. And I'm just, we'll just slice into these big chunks. I'm like, this is, looks quite chewy. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and then Lowy sent me down. He's like, we need some garlic. Go get some garlic. So I was like, oh, I'll shoot down and get us some garlic. So there wasn't, there was no, there was no smaller tubes of garlic paste so I bought some like a tub of it. it was quite excessive but I thought he'll just use it well we'll use it eventually <laughs> Frank the tank will whip up something um, in the kitchen with the rest of this garlic then I come back and I see there's just a 
on the fry pan, there's just a stack of these chunky bits of parway just on the fry pan. Half of them wouldn't even be touching the heat. There was that many on there. Lois <laughs> just staring them in the kitchen. <laughs> and then I've just watched him like, oh, I've got the garlic. He takes it and I've watched him put a whole tub of garlic onto this power pizza. And he's tried steering it all through. And I don't even know how long they've been in the heat for. But it was light eating, like... Just it was just garlic paste on this hardened pile. Delicious, <laughs> delicious. And we all pretended. I was like, "Oh, this is mean, Louie." <laughs> eventually, I was like, "Louie, this is horrific. It surely can't taste like this." And he starts cracking up, and he's like, "You got the wrong garlic. <laughs> you bought the wrong garlic." And I was like, "No way." Anyway. We eventually conceded he had an absolute shock at that, right? and he started, he begged me not to tell Perry that he's just butchered all the power he gave him. Well, hopefully he's not listening. How <laughs> oh, good. And then um, to Edinburgh. So how did that decision come about? So I got an offer there for two years and um, thought about it for a bit, but in the end it was sort of a no-brainer. I heard, I'd heard nothing but good things about Edinburgh as a city. Mm. Um, I heard... Obviously, Edinburgh. They went. Don't get me wrong. They went a powerhouse of Europe rugby, and like they they, they struggled at times. They're sort of mid mid pack a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, but it was a good opportunity. I was excited to move. So that's how it came about, really. And next thing you know, I'd sign. I had my last year at Hawks Bay, which was awesome, and I'm glad it sort of went. I got 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 the shield in that last year, which was probably oh, one yeah, of the best, yeah. one of the highlights of my. Rugby career probably was wet. I don't think the Bay had had the shield for, I think it was 56 years. So And captain. Yeah, so it was a good day down. Had a c- couple of heavy nights and then we lost it pretty quick. <laughs> but you hey, had the shortest rain. I think I've got the shortest rain, which is uh, <laughs> not the, I think because it was the midweek game. So I think we played on a Sunday and then lost it on a Thursday. Oh, night, I think. But we had two nights on, like, looking back at it, you're like, it's not surprised we lost. <laughs> like, we had an absolute bender on Sunday and, um, Dunedin and I was on the radio just I got woken up to a radio phone call I'm on the radio at 7am the next morning absolutely steaming <laughs> and then I'm getting told that I need to pay my there was a bill on my room because <laughs> we'd, we'd bought some outrageous number of <laughs> bottles on my room tab <laughs> so I was trying to get the CEO to pay for my room tab did he? <laughs> he did he was oh. a good lad I was on the radio trying to negotiate and paying for my room tab <laughs> and then we it was a long flight back you know because going Dunedin to Hawke's Bay is not an easy flight so I think it was Christchurch Wellington then Wellington oh, yeah. and so we got in on the played on the Sunday got in on the Monday airport was ran like big crowd at the airport which was quite cool but then yeah. we went straight from there to a parade through uh napier yeah next day parade in hastings <laughs> training tuesday after the parade and yeah. then it, like a walk through wednesday lost at first <laughs> i think <laughs> but the way i look at it like what do you do you either if you didn't celebrate, you still could have lost it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> but, but there's a, probably a higher chance you held it. <laughs> so. Did you get pumped or was it close? No, I think it. No, it wasn't pumped. It was close enough. But yeah. it, no, I don't. Put it, I think we lost. Yeah, we uh, put us off. If we had a bit more time and a bit more prep and done it a bit really, you probably could have held a bit. Hey ho, good times. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. Stories. <laughs> yeah. That's it. And then um, living in Edinburgh, how did you find it and playing over there? Loved it, especially initially. Yeah. Like, um, got over there, awesome city, like pretty spectacular city. Yeah. Um, you know, down the main street, got the castle there. And even we were based at Murrayfield, which at the start you thought this was awesome and playing at Murrayfield, but you quickly realised this, <laughs> this is an outrageous stadium for a club team that gets very small crowds. <laughs> Just empty stadiums, you're running COVID. Out, you're, run, you're running out in 65,000 seat stadiums, about 2,000 people there. Um, so that was cool. And then had an awesome group of boys there, like got on well, hit it off well with a lot of guys. And um, yeah, we ended up, it was hit and miss. Like we probably... Looked like we we're turning a corner at some time at times with them, but probably yeah. didn't. Um, then we'd fall away into some tougher away losses or something. But it, what wore me down eventually, I loved it there, and um, 
was probably just the weather. Like you can you can be as positive as you want, and yeah. like at the start you're like, oh, it's just weather. Don't let it get to you. But then <laughs> when your day, when your training day was outside every day, you're going to work. It's pitch dark. You're coming home. It's pitch dark. Yeah. Uh, we had a coach who did not like to mix things up, <laughs> so, <laughs> so it was the same thing every day. Um, eventually, sort of uh, <laughs> wore you down really. <laughs> and I had three good years there though. I loved it and. There's a chance to stay there longer, but then I just uh, we had a chance to move to London, and um, yeah, we took it in the end. And probably looking back, we probably we were hesitant to leave Edinburgh, but we ended up probably enjoying it more than uh, we ended up enjoying London more than Edinburgh, probably yeah. as a city to live in. So, who got you to London? And London Irish, obviously. Um, Covent, Tom Coventry. So again, so he was, so he was my school's coach. He ended up at Irish. He just loved you. <laughs> well, I tell you, I tell you why I liked Tom because you might get a bit of grief for like he, he did got you got you to to a few places which was useful, but he never. I probably always found, and you you probably know because you've we've played enough together now. Is like I from a young age everyone told you need to like you need more x factor you need to offload more you need to do this you need to do yeah. that so then i found myself trying to don't get me wrong i needed to get better at those things like everyone does like i needed to expand my game and it probably did limit me in hindsight but the more i thought about it the more i tried things the worse i probably played yeah um whereas Tom probably always, I probably found I played my best rugby on him because he, he knew what I was good at and he just told me, he's like, I don't want you to come up here and, you know, miracle offloads or he's like, just, I pick you because I like the way you play. Yeah. And which was probably what I needed to hear. You needed someone to say, just do what you're good at. Yeah. And that's probably why I liked um, playing on him because he didn't try to force, to try to make you be a player that, that you're not. not which mm. and, and if you either like the way I play, you don't. That's you, soon, you learn as you get older. Some people either like the way you play, or some yeah. people don't. Hey? Yeah. And that's that's part of life. But it's actually quite a funny story on that. Around uh, I might have told you about um, one of my first meetings at uh, with a South African coach at um, Edinburgh. So he's watched my first couple of games, and he's called me in for a meeting. <laughs> and he's blunt as this guy, like. Um, Alan Solomon's his name, he's a good man, but <laughs> hit and miss, some people love him, some people don't, and anyway, he's called me in and he's just like, um, he's quite intimidating, and he sits there and he's like, no, nah, listen man, <laughs> he goes, you're not very fucking fast, are you? <laughs> I'm like, wow, what a start to a meeting, you're not very fucking fast, and I'm like, in my head, I'm like, oh, I'm not that. Like, and he's like, no, no, don't get me wrong, man. You're fast enough, but you're not fucking rapid. <laughs> you're not rapid by any means. I'm like, yeah, okay. And then he's like, and then he lifts up his little hand. He goes, you've got zero X factor. <laughs> Nothing, man. <laughs> Nothing. And I'm like, what? This is brutal. You've got ze- I thought he was going to terminate my contract. Right? You've, you've got zero X factor. And I like gingerly laugh. I was like, what the hell is this? And he's, he's like, no, no, man. Like... Let's not beat around the bush. You're not going to win me the game with fucking miracle offload, are you? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, suddenly like, <laughs> then he just goes out of it. He's like, but I like you. You hit shit hard. <laughs> it's like, oh. I was like, I was leaving that meeting. Like, I've just got told I've got zero X factor, got no pace whatsoever. <laughs> and he's like, but then he's giving me a compliment. I was like, I do not know what to take from it. <laughs> <laughs> but I, as I, I think I told my old man back when I first got over there, we were cracking up about it. And he's like, well, he's probably not fucking lying, though, is he? Yeah, <laughs> he I, told you straight. Yeah, I was thinking to myself, well, I'm not that fast. <laughs> and I was thinking, how many games have I won with an offload? Probably not a lot. <laughs> if any, maybe at college when I was three times the weight of you, someone. You definitely <laughs> threw some Razzly runs at second five. <laughs> I was just like, so that's probably. <laughs> it just got a bit off track there. I just remember that meeting with him was fucking funny, though. <laughs> yeah, so that's how I ended up at Irish through, um Coventry. But then, as it goes, as you know, oh, they were still toiling away in the. So when I signed for them, they were still toiling away in the Premiership. Yeah. Everyone's like, London Irish won't get relegated. They yeah. definitely won't get relegated. And then <laughs> I'm, wa- I'm, wa- I'm watching. The, I'm watching. I'm like, these blokes are getting relegated. <laughs> They're going to start winning. They better start winning now. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, they got relegated. I remember waking up because I'd also signed, waking up for like a three o'clock 
in the morning game just to watch them play some like the lower team just hoping that they could stay up but or just being constantly disappointed (laughs) you've just come off winning super rugby i think probably stated as london irish's biggest signing in history yes and he's just coming from super rugby just to champ rugby (laughs) absolutely (laughs) how did you find champ rugby i actually loved it (laughs) it's a weird one like it was um there's certainly elements you miss of maybe playing big in front of bigger crowds and people, people, <laughs> and having, having, but not having to share a urinal with your opposition loose forward <laughs> before the game. Before the game. <laughs> and I, there was one time I was that busting before kickoff, <laughs> and the toilets were full. I think it was Cornish pirates away. Oh, I was yeah, like, yeah. I was like, oh man, I'm. I have to go. I won't be able to focus. So I like went into the um, the main marquee where all the punters were there. I've, I'm just in the middle, fully kitted up, probably mouth guard in, and I've just got some bloke who's about seven pints deep beside me on the urinal, just chewing my ear off. <laughs> I'm like sitting there. I'm like, this is so good. <laughs> yeah, there's some good times, some good bus trips, and I remember travelling to. Well, I think must have been our second game, maybe. We, second game in the season where it was a night game and we rock up to the stadium and it, it was like two like little tiny floodlights. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> we're not playing here, are we? And I remember that. It was just nodding him away. It was yeah, Friday it. night lights. <laughs> and I, like I said, London Irish's biggest signature. It was probably, your se- I reckon it was your first game even. And no, my first one was Bedford like on that massive On the big slant. slant. Up. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, wow, it's not quite Westpac. But <laughs> just, super, just had Lamape outside you. <laughs> and then I was, next game coming up to, I was like, okay, Friday night, this might be good under the lights. <laughs> Nodding him away, what a place. I've heard this is a big fixture. <laughs> anyway, yeah, and I still remember we played that game. And do you know what? All right, do you know, apart from that bus ride, do you know why I remember that game the most? <laughs> why? <laughs> I remember Nottingham have scored on full time. <laughs> <laughs> and the blokes lining up the kick. The game's over. And I don't know whether to name <laughs> Tom Court. Tom, Tom, Tom Court has sprinted off the line and starts barking at him like a dog. <laughs> <laughs> it's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. The guy missed the kick and he got to take it again. Eh? <laughs> On the 82nd minute, we just had to watch this guy kick a goal. And it was so weird. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, what the hell? <laughs> so, and then I remember getting on the bus with you. It's just super title in the back pocket. <laughs> just sitting beside me on the salute. And we sort of just looked at each other and we were just thinking, this is pretty fucked. It was like a club game of rugby. <laughs> How are we getting paid to be playing this? But it was good times, good. Uh, it was good fun. Some of the bus trips were good times. And yeah, and I actually enjoyed it. it. Was I reckon it made it more enjoyable because it was like going back. It probably sounds a bit cheesy, but it was like why you started playing. It's like playing club rugby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just enjoying it. It probably helped because you were exp- you were winning and you're expected to win. But the the expectation probably made it a little bit challenging, eh? Yeah. Did you find it a massive transition? Like people always ask me, like, well, what, what's the difference? And I actually find it hard, the difference between playing New Zealand versus over there, I find it hard to answer. Like, I don't yeah. think it's, especially the premiership, like, I don't, you could answer, you'd be more qualified to answer than me because you've played a lot more of it. But it's sort of, I don't know, like, I don't think it's any worse or bit, like, the skill sets probably deep, runs deeper in squads. But yeah, I just think that they focus on, they have different focuses yeah. over there compared to here and, and that basically is the difference between the two yeah. styles of the competitions is basically how I'd put it, I think. Yeah, like defence, like there's a lot more effort put into defence. and, yeah. and set piece. Set piece, like the amount of mauling we did and I, things like that. I used to look over at you guys live mauling every Tuesday and just think, oh, there's no way I'd be playing rugby if I was a forward. <laughs> like that just looks so bad. <laughs> it was horrific. <laughs> we would be playing um, football, which was probably just as bad for me because everyone was pretty good at football over there. And I thought I was quite good leaving New Zealand. Like, if I played here a game of soccer with everyone, you know, I'd be 
you know, probably one of the top five. <laughs> Whereas over there, top I, was, <laughs> I was the guy no one would want to pass it to. And I just lost all my confidence. They like, passed to me, I'd miss it. I was like, oh. oh I remember our forwards coach, it was like his pickup for the day. We would be playing football and he'd just big players to kick it to me. He'd just watch me massacre. <laughs> he'd be screaming, kick it to me. He's open. It's a confidence thing. I felt as soon as you lose your confidence on it, oh, it's like a running joke. It's like a running joke, though, isn't it? Kick it to the Kiwis and yeah. football. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's just a, you realise how bad we are in it because <laughs> they're actually yeah. pretty useful. Yeah, the boys they're all, they were actually, everyone was really good. <laughs> <laughs> but then, like, man, you did some mauling too. Like, you know, I look back at it, like, yeah, you like you see, just put massive emphasis on different areas of game, and you had to like physically, mentally get up yeah. <laughs> on a Tuesday, walking out there, be fit, bit brisk, and you're a bit sore, and you're like, "Well, it's going to be an hour of full blown morning." Yeah, because they're long seasons there too, eh? and the body, yeah. the body does get hammered a wee bit. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it's sort of a, it's just different, isn't it? But yeah, it was good times, and we won the won the championship, the promotion, <laughs> got that done, <laughs> and then went up to the premiership. So the opening game with Harlequins at Twickenham, was it like 60,000 yeah. people? It was one of, probably one of my favourite games, especially over there, but um, that was awesome, eh? It yeah. was cool, yeah. So I had my family over there too, which was, um, had my mum and, um, well, my mum was over and had some mates there, and it was pretty cool, like... It was uh, that's when you realised what you'd probably been missing when you've been <laughs> in yeah, the yeah. champ, like you, and it was uh, and it did. It got off to a good start, and boys were up for it. And um, that I remember the first try was a, a quite a pretty cool one where he put the chip across to Topsy, was yeah. it? And it was uh, oh, it was a good day, and it was probably that's probably what made the season even harder to take because it we got off to a flyer and. And it Prob was a long time between wins from there. And it probably showed, like, if we had our shit together, we could win games, but yeah. we just couldn't seem to do it regularly enough. Yeah. But I always remember the f the London Irish fans were, like, next level away. Like, they <laughs> they would turn up to any situ any game. Yeah. And I, <coughs> I reckon it's going to be awesome for them moving to their new stadium in London because it was, it was a random place to have you yeah. in Reading. And they do have good – they do have a good support – Base considering probably marginal results, yeah. And then for you, what was it mid season towards the end of the season? The horrific injury <laughs> where they moved you to lock, <laughs> yeah. It was a blowout of a year, really. Like, I started uh, and then I think I got three games in so we could exit it and then sail. And then I yeah. hyper extended my knee in that sail game, which put me out for. I think six weeks yeah so I had six weeks out from that that was when I had my surprise 30th remember that and I was so <laughs> depressed I think it was the night I hurt my knee the night before my surprise set. I was in bed all day being miserable and Lauren's trying to get me down the pub yeah, yeah. that's when you told me this is I believe Jimmy said he was taking his uh, lovely wife Bryony <laughs> To one of the local pubs in Teddington because he got a grab one. Or what was it? Called? It might have been a grab one deal. And I was like, mate, you for real? You're gonna, you've got a thirty dollar grab one deal. <laughs> Taking it, the Anglers in Richmond. No, it wasn't the Anglers. What was it? The I can't even remember the name. No, of I can't. But I remember having to run with that, and you were just you, abusing me yeah. every day. to <laughs> training. I was like, fair I really wanted to just tell you that it wasn't actually the reason. But yeah, fair play to you. I did. Give it to you every day. And you just <laughs> took it on the chin because you didn't want to ruin the surprise thirtieth. Um, so anyway, yeah. So that that's what happened. I missed those five weeks, um, and I came back, and I think I had, I think I probably had two games where I just sort of got myself back into a bit of fitness, and yeah. then, then they got this absolute man man mountain <laughs> in from South Africa called Arno Botha. Oh, he was good. He was in some shape too. Like <laughs> I was, I just kept my shirt on around him. <laughs> And um, he was a good player, and so there was no. I was like, oh, like, I don't know where I fit into the picture of things here. I'm yeah, probably, I might be riding pine for the rest of the season, and fair enough. Jim, when they talk about a bloke with zero f X factor, me, then you got a bloke with quite a lot of X factor. <laughs> I was like, get him on the field. We need some wins. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so then I got. I just assumed like, it seemed to happen. It happened to Edinburgh a couple of times too. Maybe, like I said, maybe. I thought I was moving all right, but I must have been moving pretty slowly. <laughs> I just getting, kept getting nudged into lock. People just assumed I could play lock, and I'd never played lock in my life. Yeah. So I think I had two hit outs against 
for Edinburgh at lock, which I just managed to fill a hole. And then the next time I'm like, next thing you know, I'm in the engine room against Cardiff. <laughs> and like, I've got Franksy there. Franksy's trying to give me some. Franksy's not happy. He's just lost <laughs> Philo Paulo, who's 135 kgs pushing him. Yeah. He, now he's got Mike Coleman, who's probably weighing in at 110. Franksy's not happy about this. He's <laughs> he says, "Give me some pointers." I've got my. He's made sure I've got my twenty-one mils in. Spokes, <laughs> I get him plenty of traction for him. And um, we've gone away to Cardiff, and I think within it must have been first thirty seconds, was it? Mm, it was pretty quick. I think first breakdown. Oh, and that was probably. It not was it. like you didn't want to play lock. That's what it looked like. <laughs> <laughs> I decided I'm going to end it. So I decided. Um, it was on that artificial turf too. I hate those artificial yeah, turfs. Yeah, you've always like, talked about getting injured. I've on never those. seen. I don't even want to. I probably shouldn't say it, cause, but I, I've never seen a game at Cardiff, that Cardiff Park, where someone hasn't had a bad injury. Yeah. I remember Phil Burley did his knee badly for Edinburgh. Every time I've played there, something's just happened. Yeah. And we'd been, in fairness, probably a dumb decision for me. We'd been practicing not jackling all week. <laughs> it's like, do not jackal, do not jackal, and I've, uh, I think I'm just. All pumped up, first twenty <laughs> first seconds. First run at lock. First run at lock. I'm like, right, this is this is. Good. I'm not a lock. I'm a loose forward. No. Watch this. Yeah, look how fast it. Look at me. I'm going to get a turnover. Look at this lock. Get a turnover. And I've gone and they're thinking, this is I'm good body position, nice and low. And look at the when I look at the camp, when I look at the reef, I'm like, wow, what a staple. There's so much room to hit there. And anyway, some big lump. I've tried to get over the ball, and some big lumps just smash me basically. And I. I don't really know how to explain it. Basically, he's hit my back, and basically my boots have stuck in the ground, and then I've just felt quite a bad pain through my hamstring, and my boot just didn't pop out of that turf because I've got my twenty ones in as well, <laughs> extra traction. Um, and I just probably let out one of those yells, like "Wow, something's happened!" Quite yeah. sore there, and then um, physio comes out, and he's got my foot up on his shoulder, and he's telling me to push down. I'm like, "Oh." In my head, I'm like, oh, so I've got strength there. I can push. And I just see him yeah. into his mic saying, we've got, there's no pressure there. And I was oh, like, yeah. oh, dear. Um, so then I tried to get up and I remember feeling, the best way to describe it was like I was having a, like getting electrocuted. I don't know what that's oh, like, yeah. but I was just like, every movement, it was just like sort of a sharp pain through my body. And I was like, oh, this is strange. And managed to get off the field. And then... Um, <laughs> it was just a bit of fluffing around me. <laughs> I was trying to get some painkillers in me and they couldn't yeah. find a vein in my <laughs> I've got this, uh, um, what do you call it, the paramedic there. Just, I don't even know if he was qualified, but he's just <laughs> lobbing darts into my arm trying to find a vein. I'm like, oh my goodness. And I'm in all sorts of pain sitting on a, it was a freezing night, I was yeah. sitting on a tackle bag <laughs> with no one really diagnosing what's happened. Um and then I eventually got some, I think it was just like a paracetamol drug. They had no decent drugs. I'm yeah. trying to advocate for some real strong stuff. But anyway, yeah. um, it was sort of, we decided, it was maybe the wrong decision in hindsight, but I just did what I was told. We decided I'd bus back to uh, London. It was probably the longest three and a half hours of yeah, my life. Three and a half hours, yeah. <laughs> so I remember just being there on the bus. My leg felt like it was just... And I was sitting down the back of the bus yeah. lying and I had Gilly, Connor Gilson in beside me, very jovial. The boys had had a good win. Um, it was all good fun and it was, and I was trying to like not let it get to me but then all of a sudden you'd go from being happy thinking it's not that bad to yeah. all of a sudden I was like white and cold and sweating. Yeah. And any little bump on the road, I was like, oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I can't even remember, I remember just abusing the doc to try get like come down here and give me some medication. He didn't yeah. have anything decent on him and it was just a nightmare, wasn't it? Yeah. And then trying to get off that bus, I remember that being like, looked like one of the most painful things <laughs> I've ever seen, I think. Yeah, like, I probably like like to think, well, I've had injuries before and I probably never, re that's really when I knew I was in a bit of trouble because I haven't really felt anything like that before. And I just remember lying there and I was just thinking like, in my head I'm like, just, Get up, you put like you. Yeah. Can I'm lying there, I'm like just get up, you pussy, like it. And then I was like, oh, like you move, and then just get this like jolt. So I'm like, I don't really know what to do here. And, yeah. Um, Doc had an Uber waiting, so he, <laughs> 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 he had to get going, understandably. So 
<laughs> so I was your taxi to the hospital. Yeah, so you and my taxi, and I remember lightening the mood there to spit a toilet humour. I, I was needed to get up off the go. I was like, right, I can't, I have to do something here. Let's everyone help me up. So yeah. still hadn't showered the, from the game, so I was probably humming even though I only played 30 seconds. But um, I remember just the boys pulling me up, and I remember yelling, like quite a big yell, and then I just remember all of a sudden I had a massive fart brood <laughs> just to ease the tension of just on a huge fart which made everyone sort of relax a little bit after thinking I'm going to faint. <laughs> I remember um, you hopping, once we got you in my car, oh, but just the pain that you were in and like you're screaming at me, telling me to drive faster <laughs> to the hospital. I was like, oh, shit. And then I'd go over a bump and you'd be like, you'd be like, no, not us, not, not too fast. And then I, I surely wasn't yelling at you. You were, it was like, honestly... I've driven Bryony to the um, hospital with, you know, when she's in the biggest pussy ever. <laughs> no, but I just, the pain you must have been in must have been like just so bad because obviously you're quite a tough bloke and um, <laughs> just the pain and like that, yeah, I could just really feel, I was like, sh I felt under so much pressure to get you to that hospital quickly without... <laughs> making making a bump, so I was like, I was like nervous driving. I was like, oh, how am I going to get? How am I going to get? The key is Fortage. <laughs> it's good. Oh no! So it was anyway. Yeah. So we got there, and eventually, like, long story short, basically, uh, found out that it, uh, it's called a hamstring avulsion. So I ripped all three hammies off my backside, and then, which is which you can repair. Which so that was what my initial diagnosis was. I thought, oh. This, this is all right, it can be repaired. And the surgeon said I'd done quite a clean job of it, like could rip them away quite cleanly, that he should be able to attach them really well. Um, so that was all good. Then I just, I probably knew three or four months in that something was really wrong because I was doing all these exercises and I, exercises and I wasn't getting any stronger. And yeah. Um, like, not, no, probably getting worse in some respects, some things. And then. Um, pretty frustrating time and then you just almost know I think when you've had enough injuries I reckon you probably know you're like something's just not yeah right here yeah um then had another operation to try clear out some of the scar tissue around the nerves and basically you end up the hamstring that just wasn't wouldn't work because of nerve damage and probably explained a bit of the pain too I think yeah. usually when you have your hamstring avulsion it's not usually overly I think there's initial pain but then it goes away yeah I think that's what probably explained why the, it was so much different to some of the other guys that have had hamstring injuries. Yeah. So, yeah, that was basically it, Tony. I, a year of rehab and tried to come back, but it sort of probably got to the realisation it wasn't going to happen. And, and Career finished. Career done. So, oh, it is what it is. It's sort of, there's plenty of, you can't feel sorry for yourself. It was, there'd be a lot of other worse injuries you could f end your career on. Like, yeah. my day-to-day -day life's good with it. And Yeah. So, how was the transition from career ending to life after rugby, which is always something that everyone has a bit of sort of anxiety around? Yeah, it's been um, so a bit of background to that. I suppose I'm fortunate that it might, like I mentioned earlier in the podcast, my my father had it started a commercial construction company, and yeah. um, both both my brothers work for them. So I always had that in the back of the mind. It was something I wanted to do, and. It, and I studied the quantity surveying with the intention of um, it might be able to assist me a bit in the transition, but in reality I probably, like it was a long time ago for a start, it was probably 12 years ago that I did the course, and yeah. um, I probably wasn't fully ingrained in it like at that stage. And um, You try to upskill yourself through your rugby career, but you know what it's like, it's not as easy as people make out. Eh? You yeah. try for, I remember being injured with my hamstring, I was trying to get work experience and... Um, just trying to do anything mm. that could maybe assist the transition, um, but anyway, so I'm, I'm my uh, yeah my father um, passed away unfortunately, so my older brother had to take it over, and yeah. so my older brother um, has been running it, so it's been good to come back. So I've I've fallen back into a job with Combing Instruction, which has been which has been bloody good to be home and be back with family and. Yeah. Um, and becoming a dad. Becoming a dad, yeah. So it's certainly been some big changes. You know, we had our wee boy a few months before we moved home. Yeah. So in terms of moving home, it was a great time. And and it's just been nice being back with family for Ollie. Yeah, how good. And what a, and what a journey. What a career. <laughs> what hey? a journey. Yeah, well, it's been good. You look back at it, eh, and you're like, 
some things you think, oh, you wish you were different or injuries, but I always sort of take the attitude, everything happens for a reason, yeah. eh? And you look, I reckon one of the biggest things you look at sounds, like I think I said when I finished my career, it sounds cheesy, but you meet, like you think you meet some good people eh, along yeah, the way and like yeah. it's the friendships you take out of it. Yeah, for you, sure. Like you meet, uh, you have some good laughs along the way. Sure do. Oh, well, probably wrap that up, Addict. Uh, thanks for coming on and been bloody good to hear your story and some good insights to your career no thanks for having me tony i hope the podcast goes well yeah i'm sure it will now after the most requested of three requests that's what it was <laughs> just to clear that up people there was three people that was the most <laughs> <laughs> i think i have three followers so if you are listening please subscribe and um, follow follow all the social media um, pages that we have running at the moment unsuccessfully so um, <laughs> <laughs> any bit of love is much appreciated so hey thanks for listening and thanks for coming on mike the roman coman <laughs> Jeez, guys, mike.